Welcome to Switcheroo, a dirty little podcast about religion, sex, and all the in-between parts. With your hosts, Maggie Baxter, an atheist turned evangelical, and Nick Vu, an evangelical turned atheist. Leave meeting. Don't leave. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> I do not Don't leave the to meeting. This. We need it. Hey, hey, wait, hey. I, want, I want to say, hey, audience, we're on Zoom again, and that means the audio is going to be a little crunchier. Weirder. Deal maybe it, maybe a couple of zerts here and there. Yep, that, that's what happens, but that that's how we're going to get a podcast done. Zoom, 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 Zoom. This yeah. podcast brought to you by Zoom. That's, I was going to yes, sing the song from Xenon, but I oh, don't Oh, please do. That. Yes, please. We're ready. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> Zoom, zoom, zoom. Wait. Yeah, that's how it goes, right? <laughs> you make my heart go boom, boom, my supernova girl. Uh, oh, nice. Can you have just now? outed yourself as a part of a very particular generation. <laughs> Proud of it. Xenon. <laughs> Didn't she say? I don't know, Xenon. Her word, I still say yikes to be every once in a while. Uh, her exclamation was Stetus Lapidus. Oh, yeah. Stetus <laughs> That's what it was. Which I'm sure someone came up with while they were on drugs. <laughs> the whole movie slash series movie a trilogy. Okay, <laughs> got it. Uh, Nickelodeon. Nicholas okay. Odeon. No, not Nickelodeon. Disney. Everyone used to call me Nick Junior growing <laughs> up. Because mm. I don't know if you're as so familiar with that channel. <laughs> I am very familiar, yes. Uh, yeah, I guess for the littler kids, there were Nick Jr. shows. Yep. And or I think there's the some Nick Jr. jingle. Sick. Oh, yeah, just the like, Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Nick so, Jr. <laughs> I think you're right, though. There was another was Nick, Nick Jr. Jr. one. But yeah. in elementary school, everyone would sing that to me. Got a little old. Yeah, everyone thought they were so clever. Feel. Yeah, I don't know. I At least they weren't calling you China boy. Oh, well, no, they called me that too. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was a different time in the 80s. <laughs> yep. uh, Teachers just didn't know even how to handle that. Or no. maybe didn't even realize there was anything wrong with it. But They're also, like, I didn't understand yeah, anything wrong like, I'm pretty that. sure he is China boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at him. <laughs> it's true. It's Florida. <laughs> I was sitting in the backyard sipping on a minty drink. I saw a girl standing there, she was mowing the lawn. I said, Hey, Zazig, who's this girl back here? That's the lawnmower girl, what's she doing? Is she talking on the telephone? Hey Maggie. Hey Nick. Have we introduced ourselves yet? I don't think. Good morning. So. No, good, welcome to Good morning. Through. Yeah, top of the morning. It's very early. Neither yeah. of us slept. No. A wink. No, we are both exhausted, which is a really fun baseline for. <laughs> I've been off coffee for like two weeks, and I'm actually feeling real good and smooth about it. But I was like, it's a coffee morning. It's- I'm doing it. Are you going? I'm, did you do I'm it? Relapsing already. Yeah. Oh no! I'm sorry. I feel like this is my fault. I feel like I'm a, a gateway. I, I blame you on my addictions. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, who do we have here today? Hey, we've got a guest. 
Oh yeah. It's a really super special. It's been a while guest. since we've had a guest. I know. It's a I'm really, excited. it's like the most super specialist guest I can imagine. Mm, a, a specialist? Yeah. It's not recording my face. <laughs> a specialist. Well, she has some particular, what are your pronouns? Uh, she, her. She has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> Mackenzie, what are some of your skills? List them. Wait, I have to say her name first. Oh, Everyone, this me. is Mackenzie, and I know her. I, did I spoil because the reveal? She's related to me. You spoiled my name. We're how, gonna... are you, how are you all related? Are you allowed to say, or is that too much information going out? By marriage. The... Through marriage. You're married to each other? Yes. Yeah. This is Mike now. Yeah, it was yep. his idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh this is the episode where Maggie and Mike come out as, as college and incestual. <laughs> I, it's not, you're not blood related. if it's if we're only related through marriage. Yeah, exactly. Other people's marriage. Other yeah. people's marriage. Other people's um, marriage. Maggie's dad married my mom. And then it's the story of a lovely lady, you know, kind of how it goes. Yeah. Oh, so we're you're a, step we're stepsisters. Stepsisters. Okay. We are a blended family was like a commonly used term a lot back in the mm-hmm. in the that early two thousands when we became became a family. That's true. But I would say now, I mean, I just call Maggie my sister. I don't yeah. really like we're related. You don't qualify it. Yeah. We're related in heart and spirit and mind. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> just not how, how long have you known each other? Oh boy. I was in high school. It's been over 20 years 20 now. 20 years, yeah. Hmm. The first time I met you was at Clue the Musical. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Which I wait, feel so like I have seen Clue the Musical because I maintain <laughs> that I have not seen Clue. <laughs> and that's very relevant in my I mean, life. With with deep respect for that small theater in West Seattle, yeah. it was a very bad performance. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not sure any of us have really seen Clue the Musical. Did the movie have songs? No, I don't think so. But I've also I've never seen Clue the movie. The movie, movie was sure. cool, and the cool thing about it. Do you guys know the cool thing about that movie? Tell us. No, they had something like six different endings. Like each person. They had an ending for each person doing it. And depending on the region where you watched the movie. Someone else did it? Someone else did it. No way. I know the musical does that too. It's sort of like an audience choose what happens type thing. Oh, cool. And for those who don't know, Clue was a popular board game. A whodunit board game. And they made a movie from it. Yeah. And it's way cooler than like the Battleship movie or whatever these stupid ones are making today. (laughs) I remember the first time I met you, uh, you were wearing hot pink leopard print stretch pants. Yeah, that sounds accurate. And I will wear them again today. Good, good. <laughs> the same my earliest, It's funny that your earliest memory of me is theater because mine is also theater of you, but not that show. But Maggie took me to see, I think thoroughly. No, it couldn't have been thoroughly Emily. You took me to see a show at your high school. Maybe guys and dolls or something. Yeah. At Roosevelt High School. And I remember we were driving across 520 Bridge 
And I looked over in the car next to me and someone was like deep picking their nose and they (laughs) saw me see them. And I was very embarrassed for them. And that memory is just seared into my brain, but that's like my earliest memory with you. (laughs) Somebody knowing that I caught them picking their nose on the road. The, the (laughs) night that I feel like was the clue, the musical night there was, uh, was a very formative night for me, not because I was meeting my put my future stepmother and stepsister but because uh it's cemented in my head that i hate watching repetitive pda in public i guess pda insinuates public but we were sitting behind my dad and i were sitting behind this man and his partner his female partner and he was rubbing her back in this circular motion and it lasted the entirety of the show. He never moved his hand from her back. He just like in one circular motion. And I was like, I am going to throw up or I'm going to cut this guy's hand off. Was I that can't. my dad in front of us? Because No, like it wasn't. Would do. <laughs> it was just so upsetting. I was like, she's got to be just crawling out of her skin right now. Like this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. And it lasted like two hours nonstop. Ew. Probably chafed right in the middle of her back. I'll never forget it. I almost ended up not dating my husband because he did, oh, did a he do that thing on like our first. But you were able to speak up. I was like, like I don't like independent this. woman. I don't like this thing. We're like, I have a three minute PDA max, and then you have to change what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, when it comes to circular skin to skin contact, I can't do it. Did you two ever fight? Like sister have we fight? Ever fight? Have we ever been in a fight? Not really. I don't think so. I think like, we've well, probably wow, been annoyed with each other. Yeah, but like in a very sisterly way. I don't think we've ever had anything to fight about. Did you ever fight over the same crush? Yeah. Or call dibs <laughs> on somebody? <laughs> no. No. Oh, yeah, what's your age difference? Your years. Yeah, you're 30. But we were, I mean, Maggie was a senior in high school, I think when we met yeah. or a junior mm-hmm. maybe. And I, so, and I was like eighth grader or freshman. So, you know, we okay. Never, we so you were like together. threatening yeah. her scene and her, her game. Yeah. We'd never lived together. That's one thing. My dad moved into oh, you didn't. Kenzie's house when, mm-hmm. when, uh, when our parents got married. Yeah. I was um, the only kid left at home when our parents actually got married. So. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that's lived with them and I've continued to do so off and on into my adult life. Yeah. How was that I lived you? with your mom you for a it? little bit. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you guys had that apartment. Uh, how was that for, it's, it's, it's good and bad. The living with your parents as an adult thing. The six months during the pandemic was. <laughs> Overkill. <Trying. laughs> it was I'll an adventure. They don't listen to this podcast, so you can be honest. Oh yeah, say whatever you want. That we know. Yeah, I know. It could <laughs> secretly there. My dad is good at using the internet sometimes. They won't. They'll never find this. <laughs> they'll never. If we find don't tell them. They'll never find this. Uh, it's getting know, big though. It's sweeping I the did, nation. When you first posted about it, I asked. Remember, you posted and you didn't realize you had made it public. Yes. And then I was like, oh, well, Maggie, tell me more about your podcast. I'm trying to find your post. You're like, oh, I had to take it down because I didn't realize people could see it. But I'd already asked your dad. I was like, 
oh, did you see Maggie starting a podcast? But like <laughs> in one year out the other, the subject <laughs> yeah, never came up again. He had he, not seen he, it. He didn't. You probably had his hearing aid out anyway. <laughs> and he, he was like, he right. Nods. Clap test. Got it. <laughs> she likes pop tarts. Yep. <laughs> I do. I do like pop pop tarts. They're delicious. Anyway, that's how we know each other. So so welcome to oh the podcast. So true. We don't have a a particular topic picked out for you, but we are excited to hear what a little you bit don't have story. an agenda thoroughly laid out for me to discuss with you. Oh, Not. we can we can ask you leading questions. Yeah, we've got yes. I've got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've listened to like, the I think I'm like nine episodes in. Holy maybe. shit. Yeah. she's That's pretty good. She's a listener. Well, it was very interesting. I mean, I learned a lot about Maggie. That and you're not just saying that because you're family? That I listened to nine? Would, no. Would you, <laughs> would you listen to this if you weren't related to Maggie? Absolutely but, not. But you... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> Uh, are you kidding? Uh, I love it. I think it's great. Well, I I might because but, I do find it very interesting, and I think like it's been enlightening for me to learn about Maggie's journey because when we met, she wasn't part of the church yet, but you true. think you joined fairly early on in when I got to know you. Yep. And so like, but we weren't super close when that happened, so I didn't really know from your perspective a lot, like how that journey evolved for you and how you came to be in the church and that sort of thing. So it's been really interesting for me to learn about that from your perspective. And Yeah. There are a lot of family dynamics that, that like played into my kind of disillusionment from into Christianity away from secular culture, like family dynamics of like, I think my dad had kind of right at the time that I was becoming a Christian had kind of planted his flag in atheism. Mm -hmm. So it was a little like jarring and shocking. And when, when my dad and your mom got married, I think that kind of solidified some stuff for him about like who they wanted to be as a couple and how, yeah. And so it was, it was pretty challenging. Yeah. And your mom had come from, some spiritual background. So uh, like some, a faith background, a couple of faith. Oh yeah. So my, so my faith background, well, to finish that, my mom's faith background, she was raised Baha'i and then converted to Judaism to marry my dad. Can you tell me about Baha'i? I'm really bad. There's a little, it's complicated. I don't care about. So, um, All I know, what I can tell you about Baha'i and I could bring Jason in here because he could probably tell you more than I can despite. You can. Any. If, if you want to call <laughs> phone a friend. Uh, Baha'i is like, so they believe that their prophet is Baha'u'llah. I don't know where he comes from. Um, <laughs> somewhere. Is this around. Eastern? Yeah. Like there was a big Baha'i population in Iran um, that was persecuted and fled Iran. And that's how my grandparents, I think, got involved in the Baha'i faith was they met people around Washington and, and have like, a huge Persian community that they're part of. Um, like my parents are not Persian, but so yes, it's an Eastern religion, but it kind of 
became more popular in the States, I would say in like the fifties and sixties, I think, because it's a very peaceful religion. And, um, it's kind of, it's a little bit universalist, but like a very conservative universalism. Yeah. It's like peace. Like they just really want world peace and everybody to get along. And like, I just remember going to like peace marches with my grandma and aunt when I was younger and, but like they don't drink, um, birthdays it's not like advent advent no yeah they do birthdays okay they do birthdays the big holiday was called yamiha i couldn't tell you when it is or what it celebrates but i know i got a present yay (laughs) yamiha present and your did your mom was your mom not into it she was not into it um so she when she met my dad it was important to him that she convert to judaism so she was like sure whatever and did and did the full conversion my brother and I were raised Jewish had bar and bat mitzvahs and then when my parents got divorced we just and after our bar and bat mitzvahs like stopped going to temple and then my mom met Bart and like that she really was able to come out as an agnostic and then an atheist once she wasn't with my dad and to hear her tell it that's how she's really felt her whole life but you know, sort of the religion was important to other people in her life. So she went with it. But yeah, when she and Bart got married, I think they were both like, oh, finally, I'm with someone who actually believes what I believe or don't believe. And Mm -hmm. I can be open about that and really be confident in that and not feel like I have to participate in any other practice. That's And so what do you identify as? Yeah. So how do you, what's your story? Well, I'm an atheist. I, it was a long journey to get there. I would say I considered myself religiously Jewish, probably until I was in like early college. And then I called myself an agnostic Jew because like culturally I'm still Jewish and liked things about the Jewish religion. But I knew that I didn't really believe in God as like it was described in any major religion. Uh, and I think it probably only three or four years ago that I really felt confident saying I was atheist and dropped the agnostic. Hmm. Well, was maybe there something five years that ago. Changed? I forget what time is. Was um, there an event or something that clicked in your perspective? I think I felt atheist for a long time, but there is a stigma to it mm-hmm. that I think has gone away in the last five to seven years, but especially in the last five years. I felt like there was a stigma to it. I felt like saying I was an atheist meant that I couldn't identify at all with my Jewish heritage. And yeah, I I really just like worried about the stigma of being an atheist. And I I had so many friends who were still at least thought of themselves as like Christian, um, mostly Christian. I didn't have a lot of Jewish friends growing up. I don't know. I just didn't want to be that person that was like, I'm an atheist and that's Mm -hmm what I believe and you didn't like feel the need to, to like shout it out or <laughs> yeah and like I am open I think I, I just sort of felt like oh I'm open to that there could be something out there so I guess that makes me agnostic but at this point I feel like no I am an atheist and if you can show me proof otherwise sure I will look at that and adjust accordingly but like as it stands based on what I know in this world i very confidently an atheist, but culturally Jewish. Or like eth- 
ethnic we like i feel like we need to define terms a little bit like ethnically jewish like your ethnic heritage is jewish yes is like partially ashkenazi jew yeah and then my dad from your dad's side and culturally jewish in in what way would you say like in the the, like in the whole in the holiday participation yeah the holidays that we celebrate the foods we eat and enjoy what's your favorite jewish food latkes she makes the best latkes on earth they are so good they're so good i had gefilte fish for the first time and it wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be (laughs) my mom loves it she like will still eat it and i think pickled herring is that what it is no gefilte fish is like or is that a different thing pickled herring is different gefilte fish is like the spam of fish you know like it's all like the like pushed up and processed mm-hmm. and smushed back together into a form yuck mm-hmm. <laughs> yuck so though people love it. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I prefer fried potatoes <laughs> with sour cream and applesauce how do you eat your latkes I, I controversially because i have a sweet tooth and i was a weird kid i ate my latkes with maple syrup and sometimes whipped cream mm. that is not traditional because it's usually applesauce, sour cream. Some people do a little jam for sweetness, but I love, I've always loved maple syrup. And so that was my sweet, salty topping. And I like to think that I've started a revolution with it. You've converted people? I've converted people, yeah. Yeah, sour cream and applesauce is quite a combo that I've never heard of anywhere else. It's it's, it's really good. It's good. good. It works. It's really good with the salty, crispy... Mm-hmm. Any, mm. Nick, are you, uh, do you eat meat? Yes. There is a place in Palm Springs. It's a deli that does a latka sandwich and you can either get pastrami oh, or brisket sandwiched between two latkas. And oh, instead is, of bread. Instead of bread. Oh, damn. It's the best. I'm talking about the latka sandwich, Jason. <laughs> he's not interested it's like a little mumble (laughs) (laughs) run away (laughs) just do like a sandwich uh but anyway it comes with the sour cream and the applesauce and it's just like all of the flavors together in this fried meaty crispy deliciousness that sounds amazing i did someone (sighs) i was just talking to is going to palm springs this week and was like give me some recommendations i will shoot them a text tell her to go to sherman's it's Overall, for a Jewish deli, it's like mediocre, but that but is the sandwich really good, and their cabbage soup is actually really good, which is not a thing I would ever order, but Jason cabbage did. Soup. How does that uh, affect your gastrointestinal system? Well, cabbage soup. Uh, <laughs> cabbage should be good for it. It is make you it's gassy. A prebiotic. We've incorporated a lot of cabbage into our diets. Actually, I love sometimes cabbage. It's good I love and cabbage. Sometimes too. it's not. underrated. My kids Have love you cabbage. Ever grilled too. it. Oh, grilled so cabbage. good. Grilled really? cabbage in like a burrito in Mexican food. So good. You gotta do it. So Jason has been quartering or eighthing a cabbage head, putting like yep. just a little bit of salt and pepper and oil on it, and then grilling it and basting it with a very light teriyaki sauce. Oh my gosh. That sounds delicious. It's so good. We've served it at multiple dinners now. And pe- every time people are like, 
what is this? This is just grilled cabbage. This is so good. I have some in the fridge right now. Ooh. Anyway, cabbage. Yeah, it's, you know, delicious. It's the cabbage episode. <laughs> Judaism and cabbage. We're going to share recipes. Our favorite so, parts about cabbage. You grew up. Uh, you had a bat mitzvah. I did. Did you? Which means you had to go to Hebrew school. I did. I and memorize to... Torah. Yep. You remember that fondly or not fondly at all? I didn't like. I like. I just didn't have a lot of friends in Hebrew school. There was only a couple girls from my regular schools who went to who were Jewish period and only mm-hmm. a few who went to my temple so like I don't I don't look back on it as a bad experience but I don't look back on it and think oh wow I just loved being involved in that community I have all these friends from it like none of that for me my bat mitzvah was really fun like the party and everything it was a lot of work like I had to not participate in some of the after school activities I wanted to do because especially in the last year before your bat mitzvah, like you're just really busy studying and practicing and preparing. And, but yeah, you starting in like third grade, I think you start going to weekly Hebrew school in preparation. And in addition to going to Sunday school for like your regular religious teachings. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I look back now and I'm like, that's a lot. I had two days a week as a kid on top of school that I had to go do temple stuff and I'm sure that's not a lot to people who still like participate regularly in their religious institutions, but looking back, it feels like a lot. Was your bat mitzvah like, like a sweet 16? Like a quinceanera? Yeah, it was, it's a big party. And did you also have a sweet 16? I did not. Okay. So 16s weren't really like a huge thing in Washington, you know? Yeah. Not, not not like, yeah, it wasn't not, like a debutante, like, like being presented to society. No, no. I think <laughs> especially my friend like because... is from North Carolina, and they did stuff like that. Did the whole thing. Oh, I'm well, sure. at least I think if you were of a certain class and you would go to classes on etiquette and how to waltz around the room. What is it called? I... Form like form classes or something? I learned there is a name for it. I don't remember. Yeah, Mackenzie, how would you say? Judaism uh I don't know like what have you taken away from it how has it better prepared you for the world I like Jewish food that's okay <laughs> uh, another thing that you did cool. was you went with your brother to on birthright oh you did I birthright did. yes but I do want to answer Nick's question because I think in all seriousness and this is something that I don't know I would have thought about 10 years ago but Judaism one of the things that I like about Judaism compared to other big Judeo-Christian religions is that it's really about asking questions and like Mm -hmm. your religious leaders encourage you to question the text and question what God has said and like really interrogate those things instead of saying no this is what this means Mm -hmm. and this is how it's supposed to be especially in more like reformed synagogues and stuff like where I was a part of but that's really a core part of it is like ask questions and learn you know for yourself and like make your interpretations of what and reform would imply that it's a little more progressive yeah like 
you know, there's like Hasidic Jews, but then and then Orthodox, which is like very strict, conservative, and then reform. And I grew up reformed. So like, you know, we didn't, we had Shabbat dinner and said our prayers, but it wasn't like we weren't turning off lights or anything for 24 hours. And like, yeah, we had a, a gay cantor at our temple and like just more. A little bit more liberal. Yeah. And not so strict on the rules. But still like a religion. Didn't, I didn't keep kosher or anything growing up. So, but my dad's sister, one of his sisters was conservative. So like when we went to their house, it was kosher. And that was like the biggest disappointment of my life was not being able to get pepperoni on the pizza. That's <laughs> mm. really sad. I was like, what? This is what kosher means? This is bullshit. So you could openly, I guess, ask questions about the religion. And yeah, like you wouldn't serious like answers. As, exactly. Your, mm-hmm. your rabbi wouldn't be like, you shouldn't ask that or you know yeah. how Have dare more you faith. it would be like mm. oh, okay well like let's talk about it and like think about it this way or it's they won't want to have that conversation did that uh show up in your family as well being able to question things I, and discuss things yeah i would say my dad very much operates that way like mm. i've never made that connection before but he definitely is the kind that likes to sit back and you know ask tell me more about why you did this or like, well, what does that mean to you? And I think that's very cool. My family didn't really do that. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you know, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like my family did that either in a very different way. My dad is like a, he's like a very regimented person in general. So like there is a right way to do everything, but just not connected to a religion. (laughs) Is that connected so, okay. to him being a pilot where like you kind of have to do everything? Yeah, like if you don't do it, if you don't do it right, everybody's dead. Kind of and you look like an asshole for crashing the plane. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just uh there's something about that kind of job, I think, that kind of instills and and I that was that was something I got. I think a lot of military families have similar mm-hmm. kind of structure. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of your dad's regiment comes from being in the Coast Guard, honestly. Yeah. And like that. Just being in the military in general kind of sets you up to like, you have a particular work ethic and kind of societal ethic of, you know, contributing. And so there was a little bit of a growing up in my house, like a, almost a religion kind of based around doing the right thing or doing things the right way. And who decided what was the oh, right way? Oh Your my dad? God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely my dad. <laughs> he should write his own family Bible. It, it, with all the or like <laughs> commandments. Bart's commandments. Well, he's very philosophical too. Like he reads a lot of phil- philosophy books and morality, you know, so I think that's probably where he draws a lot of that from. Yeah, he, I mean, he's very thoughtful, but there was not really um, an environment that encouraged a lot of, well, what about this? Which uh, like ultimately led me to being kind of the black sheep of the family. <laughs> when I, when I was like, I think I'm a Christian. I've 
swear my dad was like a second away from just like slapping me across the face. <laughs> like, how dare you? After everything I've taught you. I know. Should we have Bart on? Yeah. Great idea. Can't wait to talk to my know. dad about kink. <laughs> That's, you know what, to be fair, we have- My mom part- would love to talk to you about that. She'd be so happy to come on and tell you all about their sex life. So. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you a thousand times. No, thank you. Are we, they hella kinky? I'm enough. I can't. Okay. <laughs> I can't. No, I just, my mom is very like open about that stuff. And I mm. finally had to say to her, like, cause she and I are super close and she was close with her mom and talking about stuff like that. And I finally just said, mom, like, I, this is you and Bart. And I just don't. If you were just dating random guys, it would be easy to talk to you about this stuff. Like, I just don't want to know. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm happy that you're satisfied and happy, but like, <laughs> don't stop forever. Setting boundaries. That's Bart. good. Yeah. yeah. Like, just don't. Thank you. <laughs> we have, as a family at family uh, get-togethers, played the game Cards Against Humanity, and mm. there's there's nothing like hearing my dad say. Like Bukaki. Yeah. Buk- <laughs> or explaining to my dad what Bukaki is. <laughs> or like That's a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very illuminating and hilarious. I, my brother and I kind of at, at one point in the game teamed up to try and get my dad to have the worst possible things to have to say out loud. <laughs> like we were just tossing him cards that said like the the most uncomfortable things. Just to... I would never play that with my parents ever in a million years. That'd be I mean, that already tells you like a level set about where our family is, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, we're weird. And I mean, you're just more open about yeah. those things. And comfortable. I, I appreciate families that can be that comfortable around. Are your parents still religious, Nick? Yes. I don't know where my dad is. I haven't like checked in with them in a while, but I know my mom would still be considered evangelical, even though she's certainly opening up to other perspectives. Mm-hmm. Good I job. took them both to their first burlesque show, I think last year. Uh, to see Amanda, my partner. Script. <laughs> oh my goodness. How did that go? Uh, it went well, actually. Like I knew my dad would be fine with it. And my mom, yeah, she asked good questions and it was a good thing for her. Mm-hmm. It expanded her world a little bit and she was open to that expansion. That's, that's really cool. That's There's really a sticker cool. in, the, in the bathroom. It, this is in Berlin about like fuck homophobia and she's like what does homophobic mean which yeah tells that's like a big a little question bit. yeah right and what did you say she... i mean i told her what it was <laughs> <laughs> and was she like oh i get that like like did yeah. she not know what it means because i think in florida it's well yeah she's not in any like progressive circles at all very she, do you think she was homophobic or like sure yeah at that time probably less so than before mm-hmm. and but I mean, like maybe it just wasn't a topic yeah. that really came up in it the- was also just an uncomfortable topic they i don't know if i've told this story before but most of my upbringing they were convinced i was gay but would never confront me about Mm. it 
or speak about. So my sister would basically share that they've been talking behind my back again about whether I am. And, and also like, I was so uncomfortable talking to them about anything or talking to girls about anything. (laughs) Yeah. Talking to, yeah. Anyone I was attracted to, I could, no, I could talk to them. It's just talking about how I felt about them was like, I would just panic and freeze. Yeah. I would, I remember in middle school, there were people who had crushes on me who like told me about it and like asked if I wanted to go out. And I said, no, even though I liked them, just because it's like, I didn't know how to bring that up with my parents. And that mm-hmm. was just way too scary. Oh, wow. Instead, I was just like, don't said they thought you're gay. <laughs> maybe. And like, I sat, I crossed my legs a lot when I was sitting down and you've got you lots of legs. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Wait, did you guys talk but, about that? That like Maggie made fun of you for that when you first oh, for for sitting no, for down pee, when pee, I peed. Sitting, oh, for peeing, sitting, yeah. pee, sitting peeing down. For what it's worth, sitting Jason down. sits when he pees a lot, and so I laughed so hard when I heard that story because it's a good time like, to relax. Like, yeah, why do like, I want to? Why stand would I around? stand if I don't have to? Yeah, let's <laughs> just like chill out and take a seat. <laughs> Easier to a like you're not worried about it getting everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah, it's cleaner. It's much cleaner. I have true. Obviously my view on on this topic, and I apologize again. Every time you apologize, I apologize, and, and I will say again that I think that was good for me to hear at the time because I had no clue what masculinity was at all even bad <laughs> examples like masculinity like, is what standing I, up when you pee what do I do yeah how do I <laughs> uh yeah coming to terms with like my sexuality and all these other things and my identity and so I was like oh here's like a little bit of direction someone's like finally just saying just do this and I'm like okay I can do that and yeah that's a, a baby step towards me exploring and how old, I can't remember how old you guys were when you lived together or met. Or... I was in my late 20s, late 20s. You uh, we I th- met, we... I think, yeah, early to mid 20s. Oh, yeah, oh, wait, I was 25 when I moved to Seattle. So I probably met you at like 26. Yeah, we were in our. Yeah, no, I was 23 when I started nannying, which is when I lived with you. So I was in my early 20s. And it was so 23 when you started nannying for those kids. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I know. know. And now they are grown up. All grown up. How old is the little boy? He is about to have his 15th birthday. He's starting his freshman year of high school this year. Oh, I don't. He was two months old when I started with him. It's crazy. It's crazy. I randomly had a kid last weekend come up to me who I taught in middle school. <sighs> I didn't recognize them at first. Whoa. Was he the said, dick? Like, oh. There was one kid that you. And they were uh, graduating that year, which is very cool. Uh, what was that? There was one kid that you taught that was like, I hate you. I hate this. <laughs> I remember you telling oh, yeah, me that. About, like, <laughs> what do you teach, Nick? I teach every subject at, at that school, I was teaching everything is kind of a, uh, like kind of like in an elementary school, the teacher will teach all subjects. And so it was a a private school for kids who are way behind. And you still teach? I do. Yep. Uh, more just one-on-one tutoring. 
okay. or cool. exclusively that. Yep. I teach a bunch of rich kids and charge the them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know that yep. rich kids are learning something too. Right. Trying to teach them to be cool in the world when they're throwing their privilege around when they're adults, maybe they'll be a little more thoughtful. You know, you never know what kind of impact you're going to have on somebody in that regard. So I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely changed my perspective on, on what it is I'm doing exactly. So. One of the themes that we talk about on Switchroot quite a bit, like I would almost say it was our tagline if it wasn't a quote <laughs> from someone else, but is we don't care what you believe, just show us how you treat people, which is uh, a good I'm segue, really I feel like, into. So you come from a religious background or a semi-religious background. You're an atheist now. What is, this is the, the prompt that I would have given you. What is working for you in your life? Like what, what gives you motivation? What is like helping you feel like you're growing or becoming better or, or are you an nihilist and you're just like, it's all going to end anyway. Uh, I would say the last year I've become more of a nihilist because it feels so. It's getting real. <laughs> it's real bleak. World. But it's I've never actually reflected on this before, but I would have to say it would be like my grandma's family's Baha'i teachings that have probably guided me the most, just in the terms of like, what I really took away from that was be nice to everybody, no matter what your skin color or belief or who you are, like you all matter and we should all love each other. And like, that was what my grandma and aunts were really passionate about instilling in me from the Baha'i perspective. I'm sure I got some of that from Judaism, but like, that was really like the driving force of what my grandma wanted me to take from her Baha'i faith. Mm -hmm. And that's as a non-religious person now, what I reflect on is like, yeah, that it doesn't matter what someone looks like or what they believe I should just be kind to them. And that's kind of how I live my life. And I hope that other people feel the same. And I think it's, I think what's gotten fraught for me is like having people in my close life who say that they want to be nice to everyone, regardless of what they believe, mm. but can't help themselves from like, mm antagonizing mm -hmm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. Definitely. And so, like there's some some latent judge judgmentalism that is just flowing underneath yeah not even underneath and like for me right the truth is is like i believe what i believe and i do have judgments that i make about people who i where i think like well that's really dumb how can you believe that or like, <laughs> like i think those things i just do because I do. And I, I try to understand why someone believes what they believe. And I, you know, I, I can get there on their process, even if I still disagree, but at the end of the day, like, I just don't need to talk to them about that. And I can still be a nice kind mm -hmm. of person when I engage with them. And I think what has been the most frustrating thing for me in the last few years, is like everyone putting the rhetoric out that we should all get along and be nice to each other, regardless of our different beliefs. But then I, there's a certain subset of people 
who can't help themselves, but like bring up those differences Mm. and try to challenge that, but then are mad at you if you draw a boundary around it and say that you're treating them poorly because they believe different things than you. That's where like my real conundrum of the 2020s is, is like, (laughs) wait a minute. I can be nice to you and like have a good relationship as long as we just agree that we are different and don't talk about these things. But if Mm -hmm. you want to bring it up and like put it on me and I want to draw a boundary because like, I don't want that to affect our relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's on you. And like, I'm not being mean to you. I'm just drawing a boundary that you're unwilling to respect. I've had that. I feel like I've had that um, similar situation of, you know, I'm being a part of an evangelical church, but I don't evangelize to people. You know, I don't go out and say like, I need you to become a Christian or like, I'm, let me tell you about what I experienced in church the other day or whatever. Like, that's just not a topic of conversation that I bring up with strangers or even people that I know very well, Yeah, (laughs) unless I'm certain that they are aligned in, in that belief and feeling really frustrated when people who aren't part of a religious group or like, let me tell you why your, your shit's dumb. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I, we don't need to, we don't need to like talk about that. Yeah. We and could like, like for, find a lot of other subjects to talk about. The relationship I think is because I mean, like it's, I don't think it's shocking based on everything I've just said, what Maggie said, but like when Maggie was like, Oh, I'm an evangelical Christian. It's like, I don't, I don't fucking get that. And I don't know how that happened. And I do, I do know how it happened to be clear. Like I gave it a lot of thought and I was like, okay, I can see why she chose that and like how she got there. But like, I don't believe it. I don't agree with that. But like Maggie never, she knew that most of our family felt differently and she was never like, I want you guys to come to church with me. Or I think that like, she just respected that. And I did my best to respect that. That's like what was working for her. And I don't know that our parents necessarily did the best job of like not. But I think they did. They they did. Okay. They They tried to ask questions, but sometimes I think it's the same learning curve as like learning, you know, how to ask questions about something that you don't know about. Right. Like that you where you know, you just wanted to to understand like what sometimes you're going to ask questions that are inappropriate or rude not knowing just because you're curious. Right. So I think that's, you know, when someone says like, but why the fuck Jesus? Like why Jesus though? Cause that's dumb. Like that's a sincere question, but it can come off very like disrespectful to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it goes all different directions. It goes in all of both ways, you know, where, if we can just all respect that everybody, everybody has a different perspective, like that there's not yeah. one person who is like, I absolutely agree with everything you say. <laughs> exactly. And like, just don't push it on me. Like, I don't, even when it comes to, I was going to say, even when it comes to cults, but I think cults are manipulative. <laughs> like, so I, I shouldn't say that. I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hot but, right now. All my friends are. are in the cold. Okay. But like, <laughs> are so hot. You know, if you find something that works for you and helps you guide your life and like frame your life in a way that makes sense, as long as you're not hurting other people or pushing your beliefs into my life, then like, good for you. Do what you need to to survive on this weird planet. Like, I, 
Yeah. That's what gets you get through. Go for it. But just don't. I work in a job where I meet, I'm a flight attendant and I meet all all sorts of people. And like, if I had a dollar for every time I sat down on the jump seat and had someone assume I was Christian or like want to talk to me about God. Oh, wow. That happens a lot. It does. And I just feel like, okay, like, you don't know what I believe, but also, like, why are you pushing your shit on me? I, especially at work, like, let's not yeah. even get into that, but like. What is your response? Do you have like a, a go-to? Well. <laughs> dismissive I'm line. Nice, I'm a nice person. Um, it depends on the dynamic. I did, one time I had this woman who, uh, my mom is also a flight attendant for the same company and has been there a long time. And I was flying with somebody that she's known for a long time and. All my mama said was like, oh yeah, she's nice. So I worked with this lady and we were sitting on the runway in Chicago for like a half an hour. And she just, she starts going off on about the like coming end of days and how Obama was like, <laughs> like what's the word I'm looking the for? The Antichrist. Or yeah. Yeah. No. And like how Obama was the Antichrist and but like I was so fascinated because I do want to understand. Like, I am watching a train wreck. I have yeah. to stare at this. Yeah. So like I let her talk for probably about 20 minutes. And then finally I was just like, you know, I think we really have different beliefs on this. So I you just don't need you to can we just stop talking about it? Was I this a passenger it. or no, this is someone attendant. else working. Okay. Yeah. And anyone who's gonna talk for 20 minutes without like she was any social awareness that like yeah nobody wants to hear anybody talk for 20 minutes straight yeah yeah even if i agree with you it was (laughs) intense but like there's i don't know it's just interesting the things that people choose to just say especially in a work dynamic and yeah Mm -hmm. hey uh, I am a firm believer of separation of church and state. And now I am a super firm believer in separation of church and work. Like, uh-huh. it just, yeah. For you like do whatever you want to do on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday. But like, if we're working, that's our priority. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's just, she's so or whoever would yeah. would bring this up is so immersed in that world oh yeah like, she that's went all to, like, there the is 100 percent. yeah she was like no we go to this church on sunday and this church on wednesday because we just couldn't decide and then we it's like that's You're like stop i don't care there's i feel bad especially for hairstylists who have to like come up with yes. conversation with yeah. people who they may it's so intimate want, and <laughs> want to not talk yeah. to i feel really bad for those people but like there are lots of other things to fill airspace with than like so much like tell me about your grandchildren or like i yeah. you know like anything that isn't or talk about work or talk about talk about work let's go how you got involved in boss. flying or it's anyway. very difficult for some people to not talk about that stuff. Very, very difficult. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I just try to be tactful and say like, you know, I don't really agree with you. And maybe we should talk about something else. That's great that you can speak up. I, I had people to learn. just it, endure. It, yeah. I really had to learn in my first year, especially mm-hmm. because I think like the inclination, if you're, if you're like a get along nice person is just to say like, oh, okay. And just 
let it go. But I thought, no, at a certain point, people need to be made they aware. They need the feedback. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that like, this isn't okay. And you're lucky that you're doing this to somebody who's going to be nice to you about it. Yeah. But the next person might not. And yeah. like, you just need to learn that that's maybe not the thing you want to bring up at work. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm Can glad I you're an you ambassador. Question? Okay, how... We have had some chaotic days in the last couple of years. What has helped you make sense of it or helped you push through, assuming that it wasn't just a complete utter shit show of depression and depravity? Uh, not depravity, but unfortunately, but <laughs> depression. Um, I think coming to terms with my atheism and recognizing that like I really do just think I'm a little blip in the grand scheme of the cosmos in the moments where I felt most distraught or like what the fuck is going on in this world I really just like I I try and look at myself like like zoom out on myself on this planet and try and picture myself from way up in outer space somewhere like the pale blue dot yeah that i am just this little teeny tiny nothing in the grand scope of all these years that are that just that humankind has been roaming the earth i am nothing this moment is nothing in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter and somehow that has brought me some solace because it at least helps me accept that like okay like shit might suck right now and things might feel scary but humans have been through stuff like this before and in the grand scheme of the world like I'm doing okay and I'm just gonna try and be really grateful for the fact that like I was born into a place of privilege and I'm lucky in that regard so like as this little tiny speck with all these little tiny specks in this huge world of multiple solar systems and galaxies like it I don't know just I just have to feel lucky for what I do have and that's that perspective is what's helped guide me and I don't think I would have gotten there if I hadn't felt really comfortable being like no I'm an atheist I don't think there's any god helping me do anything or making any choices about what's happening on the planet like that's a very similar uh perspective as to what i've had and just kind of i've for some reason always pictured life as like this frothing thing and the froth can be conflict and love and they can feel very like those are intense experiences on an individual level but like zoom way out and it's just Mm -hmm. kind of this this bubbling that's happening on this little rock floating in the void. And that doesn't have to be a dismal or nihilistic thing. It certainly can be, but it's just like, holy shit. Like it doesn't have to be frothing at all. It could all just be complete void that nobody is aware of. And isn't it, I hesitate to use the word miraculous, but it's, you know, wild it's wonderful yeah. it's wonderful it's awe-inspiring that mm-hmm. uh it's yeah it's, it's almost like we have the privilege of experiencing this chaos 
Uh, and yes, that is a cool way of looking at it. I am also in a very privileged place where I am largely comfortable, uh, with my life and, uh, didn't have like a ton of people dying around me. And, you know, (laughs) I had the resources to get through. So I, I admit that I totally get other people who are having very different experiences and uh, perspectives on what's going on. I remember I listened to a speaking of privilege and the privilege to believe what you want to believe. Um, I was listening to a podcast a couple of years ago that was, that was created as a Christian podcast. And then um, over time, the hosts deconstructed their Christianity and stopped being Christians and became atheists. And they made a switcheroo. Uh, they they had a little bit of a switcheroo. <laughs> wow. We should have them on. Uh, they are very, very, very famous now. So <laughs> I uh, we should have them on. So that would be, but... be great, great for our podcast. Um, but I remember listening to these two middle-aged white men talk about their like their transformation from Christian to not Christian. And I remember thinking like kind of the same thing as uh, the eat, pray, love Gilbert syndrome. Yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert mm-hmm. that like, yeah, you get to choose like to do this because you have money to do it and you have whiteness to help you uh, make the choice. And that a lot of people are born into circumstances where being a part of religion is their like only safety net or only lifeboat to like mm-hmm. get a walk away from a community in a world. Yeah. Is yeah. Not everyone can do that. Can afford and I that. just felt so annoyed at these two, like on a very similar journey as me, as far as deconstructing their, their Christianity, but like that, that they were like, Oh yeah, I can just kind of flip in and out of, uh, of whatever I want to believe at whatever time the way that they were talking about was so arrogant and so like steeped in the privilege of, I don't have a, or I get to choose what I, what I believe and what I don't believe. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, as long as you're not in a concentration camp or like, or a refugee camp or, uh, then. So they were assuming everyone was in the same position that everyone can just make, make a choice about what they believe or what, what they don't believe. And that that doesn't come with a shit ton of consequences mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, I was like, did you, have you guys watched um, Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Yes, the... I have. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's, about, it's about the FLDS about in, uh, we talked about it a little bit on our last episode, I it's think. It's a Latter-day Saints. Right. It's, yeah, it's at the fundamental. It's the fundamentalist. Yeah. Warren Jeffs, was that his name? Yes. Uh, it was like what the show Big Love was based on the mm. um, like child brides and rape and in like plural marriages. Lots of forced way. But, pl- but it makes me what you're touching on, Maggie, makes me think of that because they interviewed a couple of the women who had left the community and like and men, too, but specifically the women who were like, I have no you know, when you're in that community, yeah, there are things about it that are really hard and don't feel good, but you have a community and Mm -hmm. the people there will do, you need childcare, they'll watch your kids, you need help fixing something, they'll help you fix it. And all of a sudden you leave that and you have 
no one. Yeah. And the people that mm. used to do that for you hate you. And the outside world you. thinks you're weird. And yeah. then and you never had to develop the skills. Good parts of your beliefs are to weird to you. Yeah. How to get um, these things done. Yeah. And like, so that is, a, it's a privilege to be able to walk away from your religion and not feel like you've lost anything other than maybe like social gatherings or, mm-hmm. you know. I want to use the word if, but I, I will acquiesce to the group and say, since we are just parts of the froth specs on the, the blue dot, what is something that brings you joy or makes you fulfill, fulfilled in your life or gives you direction or purpose? Nothing. Just nothing. Hell yeah. Endless, endless black holes. Burn it down. That's so goth. <laughs> that's super goth. That's me. When I look at that's you, me. I think super God, goth. So goth. Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie, Mackenzie looks is very opposite. It looks of like goth. she's the a quintessential, <laughs> like Southern California beach bum. Yeah. Today. <laughs> oh Got my bright red nails, the tie dye. I just had my hair highlighted blonde. <laughs> Killing that LA look. Yeah, super goth baby. But what goths say? Well, yeah, super goth, goths love to say, I'm super goth, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a goth baby. <laughs> That's a new show idea. Uh, goth, goth babies. babies. Goth like babies. Muppet Babies, only just little goths. I think that exists. Already, I'm Nick actually. Jr. <laughs> My network. Yeah, that would be your Nick Jr. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what brings Nick me joy? nature and i think that ties into just feeling like i'm a small little part of something beautiful but like both of my mom and my actual dad not my stepdad the part is the same way it, we just like we'll stop everything we're doing to watch a beautiful sunset mm-hmm. and something like that brings me so much joy and even last night jason and i had to go and uh pick something up like 30 minutes away and we were driving back as the sun was setting and it was the most gorgeous colors. And like, we're literally on the freeways of LA, but it still made me feel so just peaceful inside to mm-hmm. see this beautiful sunset over the trash of the 101 and downtown <laughs> LA. So just nature things really bring me joy in the beauty of our frothing world. Awesome. What about you, Nick? Uh, let's see. Uh, music is one right now. Just, I mean, then this is very subjective, but the the feeling of things falling into place or working out well, and I acknowledge some of that is my uh, anti-depression meds. That hey, go you know, science. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just like wow. It's this is the opposite of depression. Like feeling like, yeah, everything's falling into place. Um, when I see people out in the world trying to make things better in subtle ways, mm-hmm. not necessarily like yelling on the streets or anything, but just you know, somebody picking up a piece of trash as they're walking down the sidewalk that's in somebody else's yard or, uh, you know, giving a dollar 
to the person holding a sign at the stoplight. Mm-hmm. Just little little acts of kindness. Just like fuck yeah. Like there there is there is hope and you know not everyone has given up and <laughs> we are <laughs> yeah like we're we're trying to make it better and arguably everyone is trying to make it better but i would say some people are way more successful at that than others or their idea of what better is is really limited for a small group of people mm-hmm. sure yeah or just different yeah you know like they have other priorities and I would argue maybe short-sighted, but they're still, they're prioritizing a human need that we all share and their strategy for doing so may be questionable, but Mm -hmm. I can attempt to see where they're coming from. It's very well stated. Yeah. What about you, Maggie? Uh, Giggles. Bring me joy. A lot of giggles. Uh, giggles are great food food brings me a great amount of joy really a really good meal whether I prepared it or not brings me a lot of joy the very rare occasions where I can wake up I'm I'm in the same camp I really I really appreciate I really appreciate the uh the sunrise and the sunset and when I get a chance, I will, I'll stop and appreciate that as well. And I have moved out of feeling like I need to say thank you to God for <laughs> those experiences. I still feel a great amount of gratitude and um, I just feel like I don't need to direct it anywhere. So I I think there's a whole conversation that we could have about dualism and non-dualism at some point, but I don't feel the need to put it outside of just a moment anymore, which is kind of cool. And finding really, really great finds at a thrift store. Hold on one second. I have to make sure this isn't my work calling me. I didn't hear that. She, the work is calling hard to say i don't think so mackenzie's on call for work so she could get a Mm. call at any point that says come to work come to the plane can you come to this airplane get on the airplane that's really how it how it would go down but they'll leave me a voicemail and then i can call them back it says scam likely so usually it says crew scheduling is calling so i'll wait and see what the voicemail says because okay I never answer. My mom answers every call that comes in. I get how, how are your sometimes mom's like answers? five or six <laughs> spam calls a day. I don't have time a for that. A day? Yeah, it goes in and out. Sometimes it'll be once you get on that list. None, but sometimes it's. Did you ever get yeah, this so is many. entirely off the subject of your podcast? But do you remember those scam calls? And maybe that's still what these are, and I just don't answer them anymore. But it was like. It would start off with a foghorn and it was like, this is the captain of your cruise calling. You could win a cruise. For blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was getting those all the time for a while. That's funny. I got a lot of local hotel things being like, you have won a three night stay at the Marriott Polsbo, which is a very small <laughs> town in Washington state. 
some of mine are getting fucked up. Like I don't answer them, but I'll see the, uh, the recording that they leave. The transcript. Yeah. You're the FBI has you on the list (laughs) and you know, your social security number has been nullified. Please. (laughs) Like, yep. please call the IRS immediately. Sort of just anything to get you to reply. It's like that. That's fucked up. And you know, some poor old persons answering that, right. being like, yeah. oh, my social security number. Mm-hmm. But that's how old people talk. So that's how I'm going to talk. <laughs> I was going to say that um, now that Jason's in the, well, he's gone again. Okay. Tell him, tell him to come in. One other thing that gives me joy that gave me joy in the last couple of days is uh, finding really good finds at thrift stores. Oh, Hey Jason. Yeah. Can you, will you come here for a second? Maggie wants to talk about her joy of thrifting. Does Jason appreciate Jason thrifting? is a, as an expert. A professional I thrifter. I had to guess he just went in for his morning poop. Ah, <laughs> uh, he came back. How was that? So I can always talk about that. Hold on, let me take it off my headphone. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jason. You consent to being on the air. This is Nick. Yes. Hi, I'm Nick. Um, Nick, you reminded me of this when you said when things kind of all fall into place, and I had a an experience two days ago where I went in looking for a particular outfit that I needed to build because I'm going to a a live show of my favorite podcast tonight, which is very exciting. Will you say what it is? My brother, my brother and me live show in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. uh, I've been listening for 10 and a half years. It's amazing. And I get to go to their live show tonight uh, in Portland, which is really exciting. But their theme for the year is uh, fancy takes flight, <laughs> which I don't need to explain, but I, I had to buy, I wanted to go kind of full drag tonight. And so I, I have like a bowler hat and I needed to buy a tuxedo shirt and I wanted this particular pair of shoes. And I went into, well, I was on website that shall remain unnamed because they don't need any more business. And I, found this pair of shoes like four different places but they were all too expensive and then i walked into the goodwill and there they were in my size wow man the like better brand than i would have bought on the big box website and they were like three dollars it was so great and then i found a hundred and ten dollar backpack for six dollars just very and brand new with the tags on. It was just like one of those. Flip it. There is there is some good juju going on in my world right now. Mm-hmm. So good. Anyway, Jason, what's the best thing that you found at a thrift store that you are the most excited about? Gosh, uh, it's been There's quite been so many, quite a two years of thrifting uh, and reselling. And reselling, I bought. I mean, it's weird stuff. I definitely like have an eye for just random junk. What about my calculator, though? That wasn't at a thrift store. I think estate sales count. Estate sales count? That's thrifting. <laughs> Fine. What calculator? did you find? You said a calculator? Oh, yeah. well, tell us about your estate sales. No, you Fine. go. You go. What about your cameras? Those were estate sales, but 
Well, I know. I was thinking more about like just keeping your eye like clothes is sort of like the thing that you gravitate to because you really like them anyway. But it's the weird stuff that gets me going. Like um, I bought a big printer, like a huge Epson printer, probably weighed mm, like a plotter for early, thirty bucks. And like most printers are junk, but this printer was like a real. Like I guess I'm um, like die sub like t-shirt maker guys oh, to it. Whoa. Yeah. And I sold it for five hundred dollars. Nice. <laughs> so wow. that's that was a that was a particularly good thrift store one. What was the original price or what was the buying price? Uh 30 bucks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Quite a markup. That's a awesome. That's a glow There's up. A of, and this is thrifting at the bins. Mm-hmm. Remotes. Oh yeah, <laughs> my remote collection is. Uh... But like the profit margin on that is amazing because he would pay like twenty five cents at the Goodwill outlet for these remotes and then sell them for thirty or forty dollars on eBay. Really? Like... Oh, like universal remotes? No, not even. No, no, like really specific, really specific remotes. Like, oh. like somebody's old... searching everywhere for this one remote. Yeah, like old coots who broke their VCR remote and need need the exact need remote. the specific one. 1986 mm. you know blah 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 but so that those are good you should check out the hollywood uh goodwills because i went there a long time ago and got lots of designer clothes for oh yeah i mean the designer clothes pennies. in la is crazy because um stylists just go dump their stuff there and... but at the same time have you been to santa monica boulevard i think they have tons of thrift stores i mean they call them thrift stores but, I mean, maybe con- they're not, I don't think they're consignment. Maybe they're consignment, but it's like, they'll have eighties t-shirts and not even cool ones, just <laughs> shitty eighties t-shirts for $500. Like, <laughs> like 300 is the, is the baseline. And somebody's buying them. And then, yeah, oh yeah. Buying. It's obvious that like, there's a scene for people buying these. Like I certainly have shirts that would go for at least 600 there. Just Make like who, while, while the market's hot, put them on I, I went to one store and it was only a, a two digit shirt for like 75, like Brilliant. just a t shirt. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's accessible. I can maybe, <laughs> like, no, that, that's what it's all a mind game. If we charge $500 really for one t shirt, then people will pay $75 for the cheaper one, and that's how inflation mm-hmm. happens. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, fun. What else have I bought? Tell them about your calculator, Mackenzie. Well, it was an estate sale, so I don't know if it doesn't, it was, but doesn't Jason, who is the one that enjoys doing this, and I just go along once in a while for support. We were looking through like the dregs of an estate sale that had already been picked over. And he's like, oh, just look, you know, in some of these boxes and it was like some box left over on an office that had a bunch of was it just paperwork or something yeah it was like a bunch of other junk in it but i knew from him that old electronics had a market and i pulled out this like weird looking looks like half computer half calculator yeah but like mm. definitely from the 80s or 90s 80s and so i just said oh you know i don't know what do you think about this he looked it up and it was worth like nine hundred dollars eight hundred dollars how Whoa. big was it it was like an HP, um, like a first edition, like a checkbook, uh, like old yeah. school, like for architects. Like it had all sorts mm. of like architectural, um, like modules that you can slide into it that were based that were like each of the each of the little like modules was worth two hundred bucks. It was crazy. It was great. Wow. So, 
That was a real good one. Oh, here's a, here's a. Well, the egg, I think, was still one of our greatest. Oh, the egg was good. The egg is probably our most, like, entertaining story <laughs> and one that I'm proud of because I also brought my specialized knowledge into the situation. But you were going to leave it behind. Are we talking about a barbecue sale. egg? What kind of egg? No. No. A barbecue we egg. We went to a garage sale and these people had bought their teenage daughter probably the entire Pottery Barn teen Harry mm-hmm. Potter bedroom collection. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want it. Like half of the stuff was still in the packaging. Half of it she'd maybe had in her room for a month or so before she was like, nah, not cool. So they were just selling all of it at Rock garage sale prices and and jason was like oh well you and your friends like harry potter is there anything that like is this worthwhile or do you want to get anything for anybody it's like we looked up some of the stuff and they had this um plastic egg you know the i don't know how nick are you a harry potter person i mean i've read all the books okay so, so i know enough the, in the tournament the triwizard the tournament. The tournaments mm-hmm. was like that egg that he had to open underwater the golden egg I don't like any of this shit. So it hurts to listen to. <laughs> so they have this, and he, Jason's like, "What is this?" And I said, "Oh, that's like this thing from the Triwizard Tournament." I said, "But what is it?" Well, it opens up, and it's like a little necklace holder, jewelry box, little jewelry box, the cheapest plastic. I was like, "This is so cheap! I can't believe Pottery Barn would sell this." Like, I feel like you could just drop it, and it would break. It's like a McDonald's toy. Yeah, seriously, it felt like, like a McDonald's toy. So we bought a bunch of other stuff, but we didn't even bother looking that up. So we're driving away and Jason is like, you should just look up that egg. Just, I'm just curious what that egg retails for. Are you looking on eBay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we look it up and one had just sold on eBay for $400. Damn. <laughs> so we're like, we're going back to the garage. <laughs> so we went back. It was still there. We got the egg. I think we ended up only selling it for $250, yeah. but right. it's still... For the like couple dollars we paid for it, and it that's, felt like a real win. That's the thrifting high that I chase every day. Yeah, that was my first real like, oh, I get it. That's thrifting. <laughs> I just don't have the patience to do the hunting. We yeah, just so had a garage sale this weekend. Yet, this is half of a World War II woman's um, B fifty two bomber, uh, uh, Air Force nurse uniform. That I oh, found shit. in the church rubbish sale for two dollars. Oh my god! And it's really cool. I mean, it doesn't I'm not doing it justice. Will you time. try it on? Yeah, exactly. no, because it's about <laughs> this about big. It's like for some miniature woman, and um, <laughs> it's probably worth about seven hundred dollars. So that'll be a good one. I'll oh my god! Post nice. It. Yeah, I gotta post it. We had a garage oh. sale this weekend, and and we did quite well. We cleaned up. There were there were a super valuable things go. There were a couple of Jasons who came to our yard sale who were like, "Do you have any vintage T-shirts? Or do you have?" And I was like, "We're not going to garage sale, guys. (laughs) We we know what we're doing here. (laughs) We're not getting rid of any of the stuff that would actually be worth anything." Were they there early? Were they like pounding on your door? No, they weren't. Like we put we did a. This is boring audio, but so we can, we can edit, edit this in the end. But we did like um, we did a couple of we did a Craigslist post and an offer up post saying, you know, we're we're having a garage sale. And people came right on time, like nobody was 
that's good weird or early but um but there were there were like connoisseurs throughout the day who were like there for specific things who obviously were touring garage sales looking for very specific things uh one person was like do you have any watches actually two different people asked if if we had any watches and I was like I don't know I guess like maybe I can go inside and look and see if I have like a Timex around here somewhere but they were really interested in the parts like the mechanics of it because they Hmm. do other sort of building anyway it was so they don't want it for resale they wanted it for their own hobby yeah and then and then there were a couple of people who were looking for specifically vintage t-shirts and probably because they want to sell them in Santa Monica yeah yeah for sure Anyway, back to my vintage t-shirt collection, which I'm now putting into my closet. Is that crispy chicken shirt a vintage no. piece? Yeah, to get This is one of my pandemic uh, brief obsessions with the McDonald's crispy chicken t-shirt. Because uh, of the sandwich wars? Sandwich, and I felt like I needed to rep appropriately, so I found it. Uh, real quick aside, me and a few friends uh, went on a chicken fried chicken sandwich crawl to try to find the best one in Seattle. And we during like the sandwich wars four times. I don't understand what the chicken sandwich, sandwich wars, wars was like a big thing with all the fast food chains where everyone was like oh. trying to make the best chicken sandwich. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Well, we were, we didn't only go to fast food. Actually, we mostly didn't. We were getting fancy high end chicken sandwiches. Where did you go? Who was the best? Yeah. Uh, sister and brothers. Oh, so is, good. Yeah, really the standard, I think. They were in Georgetown and they've moved to I have uh, a new Queen one Anne. to send you that you probably haven't been to. Okay. Is the one that your friend owns in yeah, Greenwood? Greenwood? I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've been to anyone in Greenwood. It's called the Chicken Supply, but I it's Filipino fried chicken and I think they only mm-hmm. do sandwich pop-ups like every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but Hi, Jason. written up for being like some of the best fried chicken in Damn. the country. Okay. Yeah, we have a report card. And we write notes and yeah. Oh yeah. I know that run. <laughs> I'm going. Time. Goodbye. <laughs> and I'm out. Approximately 45 <laughs> minutes since he had his coffee. Well, I think we Your should, um, let's wrap up. Oh yeah. And I want to say thank you to my wonderful stepsister for coming and talking about um, the bleak, bleak, dark hole of existence. <laughs> thank you it's my favorite thing to discuss right now so (laughs) it's the thing that brings you joy is the lack of joy (laughs) yeah just like sit and think about the bleak existence of why is it so smoggy and everything is on fire and you can't afford gas yep get an electric yeah spend all that money (laughs) drive electric we have a hybrid new car that's good Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yes, it has been lovely. Thanks for chatting Thank you guys with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I hope that you do get a trip or don't get a trip. What would your preference don't. be? I would like to be still paid, but stay home and unpack my closet. Oh, you get paid just for being on call? On call. No. Good. Good. Well, good yeah, luck great. with that. I'll Congratulations you. on your new spot. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. <laughs> Maggie is just like dying laughing right now. <laughs> I'm going to pray that you don't get a trip. Thank you. <laughs> I accept all prayers. You, But I just need you to know that if you don't get a trip, it's because God 
made it that way. Yeah, it's because it's know. God's plan for your I know. life. Yeah. That is what God has willed for me. And yeah. I mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Good. You guys are lovely. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our listeners for stopping by. You all are amazing. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you next time. And, I mean, we won't. Yeah. We'll hear you next time. You'll hear yeah. us next time. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Yeah, let's do another well, podcast. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. I said, Who's this girl back here? That's the my girl. What's she doing? She's talking on the telephone.